Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Realtor Nation Podcast, Episode 5. My name is Ian Hoover, and I am the host of this podcast, and I'm very excited to bring to you, the Realtor Nation, a show to help you improve your business. My goal is to bring you some of the most successful agents in the business and ask them the questions that everybody wants to know. 87% of real estate professionals fail. It's time to change that. The agents I'm interviewing have not only succeeded, but they're truly some of the most talented agents in our business. Also, Realtor Nation, we're looking for more talented agents and brokers to interview for our show. If you are interested, please email me your resume to ian at ianhoover.com. Today I'm with Pittsburgh's own Brian Tessier. Before I get started, I'd like to talk about his impressive resume. He's been licensed since 2006. Last year he did over $23 million in volume in Pittsburgh where the average home sale is $166,000. His average sale price was $276,000. Wow. So without further ado, let me bring to you Brian Tessier. You're welcome, Brian. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So basically I want to start with how did you get into the real estate business? Very good question. So I actually got into the real estate business by flipping houses. Shocker. Shocker. Right. So <laughs> I used to actually flip houses with my own two hands. So I know how to do pretty much everything. Um, this was back, so if I've been a licensed realtor for 10 years-ish, uh, I probably did a couple years before that. So then I realized as I was, you know, in the 20 degree weather with no furnace around someone else's dirty <laughs> toilet, you know, this kind of sucked. So um, as the margins got smaller over the years because flipping became more commercialized and more uh, people came on board, I eventually uh, got my license so I could pay myself to you know buy the property and then save myself money on selling it. As the market got a little better uh, and the margins got smaller, it was just a natural transition to give up flipping and you know put a cover over all my tools in my parents' garage and get yelled at every time I go over for Thanksgiving about the tools and uh, <laughs> you know pull out the shirt and tie. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, do you, you don't do any flipping anymore. I, every once in a while, I'll peek back into it, but I'm so spoiled because my margins were so high when I first started. I'm talking like $80,000 profit. Oh, wow. That um, now people are like happy to have $10,000. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that's two price reductions and you're done. So, no. And I don't honestly, business has gotten so big that I have to have a team to support me as a realtor. I just won't have any time. I'm actually getting ready to renovate my condo, and I know how to do everything, but I have to pay somebody to do it because it's just a time issue. Yeah, you're so busy. It just, you just don't have the time to do it. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. So, what's your favorite thing about the real estate business? So, the natural high you get from finding a buyer that one house, that perfect house. Maybe you search 50 homes and you get to know them after a while and then you open the door and you walk in you kind of get like a feeling that comes through your body and you know that's the house for them and you see the excitement on them. It's like, you know, I helped them make the largest purchase of most people's lives. I mean, I was a part of that. That's, 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 a, that's a gift if you ask me. And Absolutely. same with the sellers, you know, you're, they couldn't sell with another agent or they, they tried for sale by owner or whatever it is. And then you came in and, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you should be priced here. And, you know, and you leave and then you come back and the walls are, the wallpaper's gone. The walls are painted gray. The blue countertop's gone. It's got, you know, high, high definition laminate or something like that. You put it back on the market for the same price they had listed at. Multiple offers. You know, you look like a genius, but me watch just the training you've had. It's just a natural how you get from that. That's my favorite part. Absolutely. I, I really uh, agree with your answer. That's, uh, to me, it's it's just a thrill to help people. It is a thrill. It's a gift to be able... I've worked in jobs where I worked 8 to 5 making copies for Xerox for about 10 years, and I was helping nobody. <laughs> nobody. I mean, I'm, maybe right. somebody's benefited, but to me, I was helping nobody. So to be able to be in a position, a career, a job where you can actually help people... 
There's nothing better than that. Well, that's great. What's your least favorite thing about the business? Um, that's a great question. Some, um, some agents, some buyers, some sellers, <laughs> some home inspectors. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no one thing I'm going to say that, man, I wake up and I'm like, boy, this sucks, I have to do this today. It's just certain small facets of um, the annual, the year-long grind that is going to get you. You're going to run into an agent that, you know, just wants to be complicated, has an ego. You're going to run into a seller that thinks, you know, the house they flipped is so freaking great that they can price it anywhere they want. And, you know, you're, you're just a person that puts the paperwork out. You're going to run into a home inspector that kills a deal. I mean, there's just so many... One little, a couple of instances here and there, I would say. I totally agree. You never know right? what's going to hit you either. You're not expecting it. It's, a, it's, and that's one of the things. Conversely, you, it's a weird, it's a love hate relationship. There's some things you hate, but every day you get up, it's something different. Like I open my eyes, I'm thinking, like, is it going to be a day of catastrophe or a day of great success? You know, sometimes it's both. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Brian. Well, uh, one thing I'm really interested to find out is what does a typical day in your life look like from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed? I know you put in a lot of hours. Not true. Not true. Okay. No. So I used to put in a lot of hours until I hired a team. And, okay. uh, you know, there's a lot of um, questions out there. How do you know when to hire a team? How do you know when to hire a team? Well, so when you're waking up at 4 a.m. because you can't sleep because you, you have a tough day, you had a tough day before, you had a tough day coming up, or you forgot to do something, and then you're up until 11 p.m. pushing paper around, that's when it's time to get a team. So I got a team. I ventured into the team aspect about two years ago. Had a team pretty much full-time, three people last year. So I... In the spring, we put in a lot of hours, but um, it really tailed off, and now I have no team. It's just me and a professional full-time assistant. She doesn't have a license at all, so she won't be doing lockboxes. She stays at home and does all my paperwork, so it's going to start getting busy here soon, but I actually have a lot of time because of the support systems of that, and I've learned to automate my business a ton. So a day, wake up. I always check emails. I don't care if they say not to check emails. I mean, I read, you know, six, seven, Darren Hardy and all these people, don't check your email right away. No, you have to check your email right away. There could be something there. So I check my email, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, all my social media platforms. I get rid of all those little red uh, things that are flashing <laughs> on your icons on your phone. Yep. Right. Coffee's brewing at the same time. And then I put out fires first. And then um, I'll answer other soft emails. So I answer like the, the 911 emails right away, then a soft emails while the news is on. And then go about my day, my assistant will put, um, she will put my appointments right in my calendar. So I don't even do that anymore. She answers all the buyers and sellers, schedules them, puts them on my calendar. I wake up and see where I have to go. Hmm. And I always squeeze CrossFit in there somewhere or running. I was going to ask you, do you work out at all during the day? Once a day, uh, five to seven days. Wow. Good I don't have kids. But I'm just a firm believer of, uh, you know, if you don't have the found, let's put it in house terms, if you don't have the foundation built up strong, which is your health, your heart, and your body, then nothing else matters above it. So you can pump in all the money, all the education in your brain and all that, but you die at 34 or 44, it did you no good. So you've got to take some time, an hour a day, half hour to, to, to put some work into your body. So true, so true. I, I actually, uh, I play basketball a couple times a week and play football. I try and play football at least once a week and awesome. go to the gym every once in a while. Yeah, you can't so. give that stuff up, man. It's got to be part of your routine. And if buyers and sellers don't understand that, go find another agent. I love that. Um, why do you think 87% of agents fail by the five-year mark? Um, maybe we can call it the millennial effect. Okay. So I'm running into a lot of agents that seem to see the successes of other agents that have grinded it out, been in it for decades or years, and they just want to get their license and think Lamborghinis grow on trees. 
Well, that's not the case. You've got to grind out hard. You've got to take those $60,000 leads. You've got to represent them in a foreclosure transaction where you're doing shitloads of paperwork. And then you've got to do open houses every Sunday. A lot of people don't want to do that. You know, they see a lot of, not even top realtors, you know, middle of the road realtors making tons of money. And they think that, you know, they can just get a license, come on board and make all kind of money. And I think after they realize how time consuming it is and how the grind is how you know, you're in the service industry, buyers and sellers are not really nice to you sometimes. And if you don't have thick skin, you know, you work your way right out of the business that quick. I, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm a millennial myself and I, I just shake my head sometimes with, right. <laughs> with how they, their work ethic. And, right. uh, and it's not all just millennials. There's some older people that get in the business too. And they just think it's going to be easy. Things like HDTV, you know, they sell, oh, I show three houses and sell a million dollar house. It doesn't always work out. Like 100%. Not only pigeonhole millennials, it is every age range. And I think the same is with flippers, too. They'll buy the house and they'll think that, you know, with all the flipping shows, that they're just going to wave their magic wand and, you know, there's a big fat check. And, you know, they can have an open house with 100 people through and there's four offers. Now. Yeah. Don't, don't fall for TV. It's not, like, it's not like that. Totally agree. If you were to start over today, you were a brand new agent getting licensed in 2018. What changes would you make compared to what you did before? Right, so I think the mistakes I made early on was I looked at it as a very competitive, um, I'm a very competitive person, so I look at it as competitive and I even got combative. I was probably one of those agents I referenced earlier in the podcast that had an ego or an attitude where I would kick back to the other agent thinking it was a competition and you know I had to win this negotiation. So um, I would try to be nicer to my colleagues because you are going to need them as friends later on down the line when you represent a buyer that has to have that house and there's... They have, they're the listing agent. There's three offers. You know, you can say ethically they're supposed to take the highest and best, but we all know they could navigate and, and massage things to uh, go the direction not of you if you piss that Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Yeah, if they think it's going to be a hard transaction with you, they're going to go with an agent that they know is going to be a smooth transaction. Totally. So I'd be nicer. I would be nicer to my colleagues. So you and your team sold 84 properties last year, and I like that you said that you don't work as much as you used to. How many hours a week did you put in to sell 84 properties? Uh, we actually sold, as a team, we sold 105. Oh, I okay. personally sold 85. Wow. Okay. I like to keep them separate. Okay. That's, right. that's, that's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so how many hours a week? That, that's hard to say. Um, I have, like I said, I've created a, a pretty much skeleton business, uh, I call it, so Mine's not very personal. It's not a very personal touch. We're not going to meet with a buyer. I'm not going to meet with a buyer at a uh, at my office and you know have them a cup of coffee and kiss their baby and all that stuff. No, I send them out a survey that says, "Tell me what you're looking for." They get the answers back. Um, my assistant builds the search. We get them pre-approved. I don't have any communication with them until the first house. Hmm. It's we have it set up. I've been trained through my CRS designation, and I've been coached by Tom Perry. I've been trained to run it like a business of a lawyer, a dentist, a surgeon, something like that. You are, as a licensed realtor, that important. You, your, your, your dentist isn't gonna, you know, meet you up front just to say hi and kumbaya and all that. Your surgeon, if you're having a shoulder surgery, you know, you're gonna see them on the table. They're out doing big time important things. So that's why we have a setup now where we have assistants and systems and we use Google Drive and technology to filter all these people down and then whenever it comes time for the meat and potatoes, I'm the chef cooking the, the meal, basically. Wow. I'm, I'm so I don't know how many hours, yeah, I don't know how many hours I do, but it's a lot of it's automated. So you probably put in more hours back before you automated them. So totally. yeah. yeah. Okay. So we know you don't do it alone or you've had a team periodically throughout. How was your team structured when you had a team? Right, so my team was structured where I paid them um, in 2016. I had two, license, total, 
full licensed agents that did my uh, all of my admin stuff, and I paid them each a flat fee. And I expected 40 hours a week. We didn't, you know, punch a clock. We never saw each other. I wanted to make it as appealing as possible so everybody would work remotely. I wouldn't leave my condo. They don't leave their house. And then I pay them X amount of dollars for every transaction I give them the lead for. Hmm. So all, everything went under me. And anytime I give them a lead and say, here, it's your lead, you know, and basically leave me alone. I'm here to answer questions, but I'm not going to hold your hand through it. That was X amount of dollars. They would get paid a flat fee. It wasn't a percentage. And the reason I did that is because I know they're going to work a lot of small leads. The percentage is going to be small in general. So then they kicked me in, uh, you know, another big percentage off of that. I didn't think it was fair. So there were a lot of transactions I was upside down on. So the fee that I paid them was less than the money they earned, but that was okay. It kind of made up as time went along and we looked at it at the end of the year and I came out ahead as the team lead should. But the purpose of my team was to strictly just to train, to mentor these two people. And then after the calendar year was up, they fly on their own. And that's where we were. December 31st, um, they went off as individuals, still with my bro our brokerage and all that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a broker at all. I don't take a no broker class, I'm just an agent. Gotcha. Well, that's very interesting. So do you plan on bringing more people on your team as new agents come into your brokerage? So I like, I'm always trying to stay ahead of the curve. What I'm trying to do now is just go to individual this year in 2018, have a full-time assistant that's not a realtor, so this person isn't running around with lockboxes on and all that stuff, and I'm leaning on my office heavily. So agents that are just starting out, I'm going to give them a uh, pre-cleaned lead. So it's already scrubbed. It's already talk to and etc a hot lead and I'm gonna give it to them for 35% referral hmm. okay. so if I can't if I'm too busy or it's just too small doesn't make business sense it'll go to them Wow okay so you're gonna utilize other agents in your office but not specifically underneath you right I'm gonna lean on them hard okay that's yeah. pretty interesting I, I haven't different model before. it's a very different model now did you find that or did you create that? created it awesome I created the other one too Okay. I mean, it sounds like you really know what you're doing with these systems. There. Just trying things out, man. If something doesn't work, you try something else out. I like it. Uh, so the saying that I hear all the time is you have to spend money to make money. What's the best free way that you, that you generate business? I still, when I started my career, was in 2007. The market was in a heavy collapse. So right. I figured if I can make it, if I could find a way to make it then, I'd be booming by the time the market turned around. So what I did was Zillow Reviews. That's, I, I go and speak on, on this. I just went to the CRS convention. I was invited to present an hour long to the top realtors in the world on how to get Zillow reviews. They're free. Every time you get a Zillow review, you can take that and use that as marketing leverage. Uh, we put that in buyer booklets, pre-listing booklets, social media posts, and then that's, val that's validation, verification that you are who you say you are, that you represent a first-time homebuyer. It's proof is in the pudding. Like you cannot falsely make up a Zillow review and it costs zero money. Hmm. You don't have to be a premier agent. You just have you just have to be an agent. I like that. And then you use that on social media, which draws uh, interest from people. And then you, you obviously bring those leads in, funnel them through your system, and it, it uh, keeps working. Right. It just keeps building the pipeline. Yep. Okay. So out of the money you do spend, I assume you spend money on marketing. Yep. Out of the money you do spend, what's your best return on investment? So I spend a lot of money now. I never used to spend a lot of money, but what I do now is I, I hire a company that calls luxury for sale by owners and expired. So there's a minimum price of 500000 and I pay them a monthly fee plus a referral fee for those guys that call up to two hours away from Pittsburgh. So if you ever follow me on any social media platform, you see me have these crazy luxury listings or farms that are like an hour away, whatever. 
These guys are out there calling these people. They can be expired from three years ago. They give me the interview. We send out the pre-listing bookers with the Zillow reviews, and then uh, I get the listing, and then I try selling them. Hmm. They strictly do luxury because I will not. I'm not a for sale by owner, caller, expired letter sender. You've never done any of that. Never done any of that. Really? Open okay. houses is pretty much how I built my business. Wow, impressive. It's hard to believe you ever struggled, but I'm sure you did at some point. What is a time when you struggled that comes to mind, and how did you get through it? Totally. So I've only been in the business 10 years this past May, and I'd say I only really made substantial amount of money in the last three or four. So basic math means five or six years I have been struggling, and that's when I was still flipping houses at tail end to make ends meet. I think my first couple of years, I think I sold two houses the first year, three houses the second, and maybe five, and I think those were all my own flips. <laughs> I don't think I had any clients. Okay. So it was meek in the very beginning. First uh, five years, five or six years was super tough. And how'd you get through? Um, financially, flipping houses kept me going. And then I just have a, if somebody tells me no, that's when I want to try harder. So if the door slammed in my face, I want it more. It doesn't even matter what the object is. So the fact that I was unable to succeed made me grind on even harder. And that's whenever I get a little bit of money and I take a CRS class and they would kind of give me some structure. And I'd go back and I'd digest that and implement. The hardest thing for anybody to do isn't to learn, it's to implement. Implement. If you're going to get taught by somebody, you've got to take and implement it. You're going to get busy. Implement, implement, implement. It's the number one offender for a realtor. Absolutely, because you get busy, you have all these great ideas, but you never actually use them. Totally. Know? And then you go back to it and you're like, oh, that was a great idea. Why didn't I ever do that? Oh, so-and-so who's selling all this, he does that. Or she does that. Maybe I should do that. Maybe. So how important is goal setting to you? Not important at all. Really? Horrible answer. I kind of go against the grain on a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, I don't have any goals. Wow. Not a single goal. Either. I just figure if I grind, if you work hard enough, you don't have to tell anybody your name. They'll just know your name. And if you get to that point, you will have enough sales. You will have enough clients. You will have enough income where that's it. I mean, I plan on selling real estate till I, the day I die. I mean, there's a lot of realtors out there that are seniors. And, you know, they once you've been in business that long, you don't have to push buy leads, call for sub buyers, because you just have a book of business just keeps coming back to you. So um, I don't have any goals. Wow. You're the first person I've ever, uh, yeah. in this business, I've ever said close your ears. You should have goals. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have goals. Do you have a five-year plan? Nope. Really? Okay. So you don't grind. have any. Just keep grinding. Yeah, grind. Very short-term goal, right? You're always taking right. one step at a time. Right. I, mean, I save a lot of money. Um, I, don't, I don't ever pay. I don't ever buy anything I can't pay for in full. So I paid off my condo and I was able to do that through 10 or 15 years of flipping houses. So the way I flipped houses is different from a lot of people. Buy the house, get it to a habitability uh, point, and then I would literally move into it. There are many houses I lived in that had no floors, that just had heat, had no kitchen. I would just eat leftovers and put it in a microwave and then I would take that money and buy another one. Then eventually I could quit. We used to be able to use stated loan mortgages where you can just right. whatever. Um, Google if you don't know what that is. And then eventually I got to the point where I could buy the house in cash and do the renovations in cash. And Home Depot and Lowe's used to let you no interest payments finance all the materials for a year on their credit card. So I would use their money to flip my house. I'd even easily have them sold in a year. And then I would just live there as long as, long as it took. The longer I lived there, I would um, beat the capital gains. And I would never do a property so poorly that I wouldn't live in it because I would live in it. And then now that I'm a realtor making a nice income, I haven't had a mortgage in 15 years. So just imagine adding up all your payments, times up by 15 years, take all that money you threw away. 
So I don't I don't have yeah. Wow. Financial freedom. I guess that could have been a goal. Yeah, that, I mean that's definitely a goal, and I mean the fact that you lived in in these houses flipping, that's why your margins were so high. Like. That's, That's exactly right. I did all the work myself, and I would be able to take on projects that other investors that had crews couldn't do. The margins wouldn't make any sense. So I, I would wake up and start laying some hardwood floors and answer some emails at the same time. It's not a real estate. It was a beautiful day. Wow, sounds like a very hardworking day. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> okay, so just about everybody I've ever spoken to has a mentor. So who was your mentor, and how did they help you? Again, I, I never had a mentor. Never mentor. Uh, Mark Hanovich, who's the broker owner of my office, gave me the opportunity, um, and he was a CRS, a certified residential specialist. So I kind of went that direction, um, but I kind of mentored myself. Uh, my family never did anything in real estate, so I never had the family business handed to me or anything like that. I just researched and tried things myself. The CRS designation, Tom Ferry coaching, trying all these different models. I just kind of figured it out on my own. Wow. I've Again, you're you're against the grain on just about uh, everything, yeah. but you're you're very successful, so it's uh, it's very impressive. Thanks, sir. So, how do you balance work and life? You've kind of mentioned that a little yeah. bit with your systems and everything. Uh, like, is there a specific like do you schedule things in your calendar that like I'm going to take the night off here and spend it with somebody or do it? Yeah. How do you balance work and life? Um, I think you know most of the times by 8 p.m. you're done. Feet. Uh, working, it might just be some computer working, and if you have an assistant in place, then you you don't have to do any of that. So you can be done in a relatively decent time. It's one of the things I loved about this industry is you do make your own schedule. I mean, you don't want to work because you have a family event. You can just tell them I have appointments or I'm unavailable or whatever. Um, but vacations, I have no problem. Just schedule those in and lean on the office again. Um, I don't know. I think that's pretty much it. Wow. Okay. I, I think you've already answered this question too. What does retirement work look like for you? Retirement looks like uh, non-retirement. You're gonna work. I want to work right through it, man. Yeah, you know what? Uh, my grandfather, who was a, a huge role model for me growing up, uh, he he always said the the day you retire is the day you start dying. Oh, he's absolutely right. I mean, my parents have retired, and you know, I swear all they do is go to doctor's appointment, to doctor's appointment, to doctor's appointment. I don't want that. My wife says I'm gonna never retire, and she's probably right about that too. Wrong, listen, we're realtors. We're not laying brick. Right. I mean, this is this this is a stressful job, but it's an easy job. I mean, you can do it for a long period of time. Absolutely, as long as you go with people. Totally. So my favorite question that I came up with for you, tell us one of your funniest stories from your career. Um, I'm mostly R-rated, so we're going to keep a lot of those. We're okay off. with that. Yeah. We're adults here. No, we're going to keep that <laughs> off. I think one of the funniest stories that I tell is I was showing houses. It was a rental that I had to show. Of course, the listing agent must have a miscommunication with the seller who had miscommunication with the tenant who, you know, I'm knocking and I let myself in and out comes a naked guy at the top of the steps. <laughs> he was just as scared uh, as I was and my clients and we were just completely freaked out. But that was probably the funniest story I've had. Yeah, I've had a few of those. Some naked guys? Yeah, yeah. And you feel like you're so embarrassed, but I'm just like, oh my God, where did the breakdown of communication happen here? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an uncomfortable situation <laughs> so that's about it for our questions however i do have the blitz around that i came up with i asked the same five questions that everybody comes on the show uh, they're supposed to be quick to the point what is your favorite technology tool oh they change so often um drones is one of my favorite things okay so like taking the drone pictures of yeah okay do you have your own drone or do you hire i have somebody? my own but i hired whenever drones were in their infancy i had my own but now i have people that i can just lean on again it's all about 
delegation. If you want free time and make a lot of money, you've got to learn to delegate this shit out to other people. I totally get that. What's your favorite real estate book? I don't read. <laughs> okay. What about listening? You don't listen to books? Uh, I don't listen either. Okay. It's the green, man. I get that. I see <laughs> that. Uh, if you were not an agent, what would you be? Uh, bait. I'd be probably in prison. Why do you say that? <laughs> I came from a different background. I had a lot of uh, drug and alcohol problems growing up. Okay. So, yeah. So this keeps you motivated, keeps you focused. Right. It's a golden gift being a realtor. It's a golden opportunity, not just for being able to help out buyers and sellers, but it keeps you, um, if you know, keeps you keeps you going the right direction. I mean, you can have hustle and use it for illegal um, methods, or you could use it for legal methods. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty much saved my life. I would say. Wow, that's amazing. That's, yep. uh, that's a great answer. I really love that. Uh, what is your favorite hobby? I don't have many hobbies. Uh, they, I, I, real estate, man. I just love every, anything, anything related to real estate. I mean, okay. Uh, vacation, maybe. Exercise. That's about it. Yeah, I don't have any yeah, hobbies. You, you golf? Anything yeah. like that? No, run, no. CrossFit, bike, hike. Vacation, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, this kind of uh, leads me to my next and last question. What is your favorite dream vacation? Like, what is your dream vacation if you had to choose one? Yeah, I think I already had it in life. I went to Hawaii for 10 days. Wow. With a company, pretty much a company paid vacation. They had excursions. Like, you did all these different things, uh, zip lining and all kind of crazy stuff. This was through Remax then? No, it was with um, an ex-girlfriend. Okay. Her company. One just took me like three years ago. Wow, yeah. that, that's great. It was amazing. It's nothing like it. Watching the sunset go down in Hawaii, it's the same one every night. Golden, oh, it's beautiful. I want to go to Hawaii someday. That's yeah, awesome. I tell everybody you've got to go once in your life. It's it's costly, but as an, in your adult life, you have to go at least once. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Fantastic. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you taking the time out of uh, out of your day to come here. Uh, I know that we don't have any statistics for you. It was a, a kind of a random thing, but uh, I, the best thing for me that came out of it is I learned a lot today, and I think everybody listening hopefully will learn a lot. And I got to know you a little bit better. We've done some transactions, and I didn't even never met you before. All automated, crazy. <laughs> All right, Listen, so Brian. hey, no problem. If anybody hears this, please DM me or drop me uh, some sort of line. Yeah, how do they get in contact media. with you, Brian? Just Google Brian sells Pittsburgh. If you can't find me that way, or even Ian, let us know what you thought. Sounds great. Thanks, Brian. Well, Realtor Nation, another great interview. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Brian was fantastic. Uh, some of the off-the-wall answers that I've never gotten before, and I feel like I learned a lot from this interview, and I hope you guys did too. For all other content, please visit our website, dhrea.com learn, or go on Google Play or iTunes uh, to follow all of our podcasts. We're really trying to build up our network, so please share it, um, review it. Anything you can do to help us out, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, Until next time, this is Ian Hoover with the Deacon Hoover Radio Network signing off.